On It's Been a Minute, we talk to up-and-comers and icons of culture. From Barbara Streisand... You're such a wonderful interviewer. ...to Tracy Ellis Ross... Your questions were so wonderful. ...and Christine Baranski. Oh, thank you for your wonderful questions. Hear the questions these icons loved to be asked. Listen every week to It's Been a Minute from NPR. A quick warning, this episode contains explicit language. It's been five years since SZA released her full-length debut album, Control. That album mixed pop, hip-hop, and R&B in inventive ways and made SZA a superstar. She's been teasing a follow-up for a very long time, two years. And last Friday, she finally dropped an epic follow-up album called S.O.S. I'm Aisha Harris. And I'm Stephen Thompson. Today, we are talking about SZA's new album, S.O.S., on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Peter Sagal. NPR is very serious, mostly. It treats newsmakers with all due respect, almost all the time. It brings you the most important information about the issues that really matter, usually. And it never asks famous people about things they don't know anything about, except once in a while. Join us for the great exception. Listen to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the news quiz from NPR. Listening to the news can feel like a journey. The 1A podcast is here to guide you beyond the headlines and to cut through the noise. Listen to 1A, where we celebrate your freedom to listen by getting to the heart of the story together. Only from NPR. Joining us today is the co-host of NPR's Louder Than a Riot podcast, Sydney Madden. Hey, Sydney. What's up, Aisha? What's up, Stephen? Hey! So great to have you. I'm so glad you're here to talk about this record. So... SOS has been a long time coming. Its first single, Good Days, came out on Christmas of 2020. A follow-up song called I Hate You came out nearly a year later. Both songs hit the Billboard Top 10. And along the way, SZA was a featured guest on Smash songs by stars like Doja Cat and Summer Walker. A third single from SOS called Shirt came out in October, but SZA teased that song way back in 2020, and it went viral as part of a TikTok dance challenge. Now we've got an absolute feature. East of new SZA music, SOS has 23 tracks and features appearances by Travis Scott, Phoebe Bridgers, Don Tolliver, and Old Dirty Bastard, who died in 2004. As expected, the album seamlessly blends pop, R&B, and hip-hop sounds, and it even dips into rock and pop-punk along the way. Sydney, I'm going to start with you. What did you think of SOS? I have a lot of thoughts about SOS. So, We've been five years removed from her debut album, and compared to Control, which really gave a mic and a moment and a stage to embrace the awkward and perfect Black girl, SOS is such a huge step forward in terms of breaking down that archetype that kind of uh, encased SZA in these last five years. And I want to be more specific about this. So last year, I wrote this piece that accompanied the series finale of the hit HBO show, Insecure. And the piece really broke down how storylines on the show helped to shape and inform the sound of contemporary R&B and vice versa. And one fact that I cited in that piece was that Control and season one of Insecure kind of dropped around the same time and that Issa Rae had said in previous interviews that Control could have been the soundtrack to the entire season. So that's just to give you a glimpse of how game-changing, how indelible Control was in terms of shaping new narratives, new point of views, and new storylines that could be explored in R&B. 
There's a lot of artists that have popped up and popped off in the wake of control, in the wake of SZA, if you will. And excuse my language, but in spearheading the anti-bad bitch, anti-perfect girl movement in R&B, the process also created this new archetype around SZA, almost like a wall or a shell. And one that evokes words like, yes, imperfect and self-deprecating, but also anxious, neurotic, insecure, wishy-washy, all of those things. So I feel like at 23 tracks, there's a lot of ebb and flow. There's a lot of oscillating between themes of being a little bit insecure and learning how to use the building blocks to work those insecurities, but being very secure. Like, we're not going to act like SZA did not change the game. We're not going to act like she has not platinum-selling songs. We're not going to act like she doesn't have one of the most lethal pens in contemporary music, like, cross-genre. So she gets gully. She gets cocky. And I think there's a really beautiful ebb and flow and balance of those songs that dig deeper into the insecurities, but also remind you, like, nah, I know who I am, too. Like, I am highly secure. Uh, there's a track called Smoking on My X-Pack, where she says, like, your favorite athlete, he's like, yeah, he's on my roster, and he's waiting for me to text him back. Your favorite athlete screaming, text me back. I make no exception. The lesser part of me loves all the cap. He's screaming, get back together. I'm screaming, back at a bus trick. Hawaii for weather. Or even on SOS, the album opener, she says, like, this is not a warning shot. This is me planting the flag that I'm back, like, in case you hoes forgot, I'm paraphrasing, you know, but you can look on Genius for the official lyrics. But <laughs> that audacity, that gully, that cockiness, I think is a beautiful new page turn for uh, SZA. And it really provides a beautiful balance for some of her more introspective and closed-in songs. I'm so glad you mentioned the insecure anecdote there, Sid, because that's actually where I first kind of got into SZA. You know, I'd obviously been aware of her because she pops up on the very first track of Rihanna's Auntie. And I feel like that was kind of her introduction to a lot of the world. But for me, hearing Supermodel in one of the earlier episodes of Insecure, when as soon as I heard that drop in one scene, I was like, oh, what is this? What is this cadence? What is going on here? And I immediately went and became obsessed with control. And so I've been fiending for this album for the last five years. And now that it's here, I have mixed emotions, although I think overall I'm very much pro this. I do love how she has sort of evolved from talking about other things besides her relationship to men, because I feel like that was a lot of what control was. And I loved all of it. Mm -hmm. But like SOS and even the last track with Oldry Bastard, Forgiveless, like those are songs where A, she's doing a little bit more rapping and she is talking about like, some of you are still in my rhymes. You're trying to take credit for things that I have helped pioneer and helped do. And I love that. I love those moments. I don't mind competition. It is what it is. You know my second fiddle, that's why you a bitch. You don't think for yourself and that's none of my business. You take it, I did shit. I'm genie three wishes. It really does show that she does have, for lack of a better word, she does have control over how we perceive her and how we are receiving her music. Um, but I did keep coming up on the question of, is some of this a little bit more of a retread of control in a way that 
may or may not move it forward. One song that feels that way, especially to me, is something like Special off of this album feels a lot like Normal Girl. And I love Normal Girl because she's talking about her insecurities around relationships. And it made me wonder, you know, I want SZA to be happy. Like, is she ever going to be happy in her romantic (laughs) life? Because I don't get the sense that she's quite there yet. And I think I come down on the fact that SZA has found so many different ways to talk about her insecurities around men and relationships that at the end of the day, I don't care. I still think musically and melodically, she is doing things that a lot of other artists like her do not do. The lyrics hit me and I, I, I love them, but also just her delivery and her cadence and the natural sort of uh, progression into rapping. Because even when she's singing, she has a flow like a rapper and she switches it up a lot. And so for me, that's what keeps drawing me. And I think that throughout this whole album, she's playing with that cadence and those rhythms in ways that continue to move her art forward. Exactly. I think there's like, we're getting SZA as a rapper, but she's really, really, truly, unequivocally rapping on this. She's also getting Mm -hmm. into her pop punk like era. I think (laughs) that that's like one of the most surprising and bright spots on the album. Like F2F, Ghost in the Machine with Phoebe Bridgers, like... Those are the curveballs that were like, whoa. We've got a little clip of F2F. Let's actually give people a sense of what we're talking about here. That truly threw me off as a longtime SZA fan and was like, yes, genre pushing. I mean, if you heard that on an Olivia Rodrigo or Taylor Swift record, would it stand out that much? I I mean, it sounds to me like I feel like you could have played this in 2003 when I'm in high school. Like it would have lived right alongside Avril Lavigne, Paramore, like Fifi Dobson. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely a throwback for sure. I think it mostly works. (laughs) Mostly. I'm, I'm still, I, I, I don't think for me, at least, that her talents are a little bit more geared toward a sound that I'm already familiar with. And I think she kind of loses what makes her specifically special, in my opinion. But I don't mind her dipping into this. Like, I think it's good for her to be exploring these other sounds. Yeah. And I mean, once you look into the writing credits of that song specifically, like Lizzo is a writer on that. Yeah. It makes a, a <laughs> yes. lot of sense because Lizzo's, Lizzo's form of experimental like rap, rock, pop is very, it, it's very hallmark on there. I'm not sure I came into this record with the kind of sky-high expectations that you would necessarily have following a record as great as Control. I came into this record thinking, I'm about to listen to Chaos right? Like, this is five years in the making. She's been very slowly dribbling out singles. She keeps kind of promising that the record's going to come out any day now, and then it doesn't come out. And so I just think, like, I worry about sophomore slump, and and it's chaotic, for sure. We've touched on just how many different sounds are at work here. And there's 23 songs. That's a lot of songs. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's an epic. And What really struck me listening to it is how consistent it is. I just enjoyed the whole thing. It never lagged for me. I didn't hear songs that I'm likely to skip in subsequent listens. Every time I listened to it, 
I was just happy to be listening to it. And, you know, to put out one of the albums of the year on December 9th mm-hmm. is kind of a special kind of cruelty. And so many end of your list have been out. Yeah. yeah. And so, so yeah, so scramble everything you thought were your favorite albums of 2022. I'm now trying to figure out how high to put this in my little personal top 10 list. This record... You guys both kind of touch on this. Like, there are elements of this record that are, as Aisha said, like retreading ground she covered on control. But as Sydney said, like, it's also stretching her sound. And I think that's exactly what you want from the follow up to a record everyone loved, right? It still has hallmarks, but it's advancing, it's advancing that sound further. And so to me, it's just a dream follow up. And I just was really struck as I was listening to it a second, third, fourth time. I was just like, how am I not skipping songs yet? Yeah. And I mean, even a lot of these songs, as you've already mentioned, Stephen, had been out for a while. And Mm -hmm. so even though I knew them and some of them I even know by heart, like, I hate you. I freaking love the song. (laughs) But like, I was like, I'm not going to skip over this, even though I know what it is. Like, I listened to it from beginning to end multiple times. I think one line that sort of stood out for me was from Shirt, where she says, still don't know my worth, still pressing for perfection. Mm. And I feel like that sort of encapsulates for me the theme of the entire album, which is that I'm still here. I'm working through stuff still, and I'm still trying to figure out what my worth is in some ways. But at the same time, yes, she is exploring new territory. She is going for different sounds. And like you said, Stephen, it this is despite my reservations and my questioning of like is does this feel different enough i think yes it does feel different enough from control and yet it has those things that we all really really loved about control as well yeah let's just talk about our favorite songs from this record let's let's just uh let's just fan out aisha you and i have the same favorite song (laughs) from this record so why don't you uh why don't you start us off sure yeah funny enough we picked the exact same (laughs) part of the same song too. Uh, It's Blind, which is one of the songs she performed during her SNL appearance earlier this month. Again, this is sort of like classic SZA where her flow is kind of changing from line to line. There's some great wordplay here. She name checks Bob Saget, Julia Stiles. (laughs) I love it. And sonically, she's playing with her voice a lot on a lot of these tracks as well. And this section, this clip I would love to play, really, I think, has one of the best lines on the album. Uh, You'll hear it at the end here. I like when you put your gun at the red light. I like all that violence, give me this function. I like when you come, never stay the whole night. Better when you hide, never tell me I'm wrong. Cause my past can't escape me. My pussy precedes me. Why my how the time change? You still talking about babies and I'm still taking a plan B. I love it. Yes. You're still talking about babies. I'm still taking the plan B. Yes. <laughs> it's just, I, I just think it's really smart and it's just beautiful. Yeah, well, yeah quotable and beautiful at the same time. And and clear. Like, yeah. I think yeah. a critique that people used to have about SZA when she was first coming up is that she was, you know, mumbling and half-stepping and, like, she is enunciating on these <laughs> tracks. Like, I love how I don't need to decipher as much what she's trying to tell us uh, word for word, lyric for lyric. All right, Sydney, hit me with... Uh, with a favorite song. You know, don't hold me to it because my favorite might change in a a couple days. But right now, my favorite on there is Gone Girl, which comes about halfway through the album. And I think the realization she's going through on this song, but also like 
at different apex points on this album at, is that there is no solving. There's no your problems don't get solved by your 30s. You don't stop searching. Like the soul searching actually never ends. You get to the top of a mountain and then hopefully you have enough of your id to look higher and look up and look at the next peak and enough of lived experience to inform how you climb to that next part, right? There is no real figuring it out because there's no out. There's no end. This journey of self-actualization is truly a continuum. Trying to find deeper meaning in nonsense. Trying to grow without hating the process. Tired of anticipating the worst yet. Still God, her phrasing is just impeccable. Insane. Yeah. And I also love how she kind of brings in a little bit of a choir in there, but it's not its not like stop the room, you know, we're going to all start hand clapping and stomping in the way sometimes these, you know, pop stars like to do when they bring in choirs. It's, the unearned gospel choir. <laughs> it's way more subtle, but it's still effective. Like it took me maybe one or two listens to actually notice the choir come in but it adds such a nice little undercurrent there and a little layer that feels a little bit more traditional r&b yes but in in like the best way possible and then speaking of undercurrent it all like crescendos with that chorus where she's like gone gone girl you gotta figure it out you know it's like it just crashes yeah like the key change yep Also, speaking of Gone Girl and also, you know, SOS, Kill Bill, she's gotten really violent on this album. (laughs) Like her visuals alone that accompany these songs and other tracks have been very, very vivid. And I'm just curious. (laughs) At certain points, I was like, oh, my goodness, is it like, are you okay? okay?" (laughs) You're talking about the music video for Shirt with features Lakeith Stanfield. They're kind of on this Bonnie and Clyde mission. And then he double crossed her and... Uh, she <laughs> she spills some blood there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I do think there is a lot more like tones of vengeance in this. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she's just actually putting a lot more action behind her her devilish fantasies that I like. Yeah, <laughs> I am not. I am not an advocate for violence. I am an advocate for empowerment. <laughs> Isn't that how that Lady Gaga quote goes? (laughs) I think it is, ain't it? (laughs) All right. Well, we want to know what you think about SOS and about SZA. Find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. That brings us to the end of our show. Thanks to you, Aisha Harris, Sydney Madden. I'm so glad you're both here. Thank you. Thank you. This is fun. And of course, thank you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This episode was produced by Ramel Wood and Mike Katzoff and edited by Jessica Reedy. Hello Come In provides our theme music. I'm Stephen Thompson, and we will see you all tomorrow when we'll be talking about Avatar, The Way of Water. Life doesn't come with an instruction manual, but the Life Kit podcast gets you pretty close. Whether we're helping you tackle life-altering questions or just your everyday pickles, we've got deeply human solutions to your deeply human problems. Listen now to the Life Kit podcast from NPR. 
These days, it can feel like the news is fighting for your attention wherever you turn, but staying informed shouldn't be a battle. Everything you need to navigate the stories that matter to you is at your fingertips. The NPR app cuts through the noise, bringing you local, national, and global coverage. No paywalls, no profits, no nonsense. Download the NPR app in your app store today, or you can go to npr.org slash 